seated. A couple, a couple years ago, I took a trip with about 15 youth kids and a couple leaders, and we went out to the Boundary Waters. I don't know if you've ever been to the Boundary Waters, but the Boundary Waters is this beautiful area up in northern Minnesota, um, right on the edge of Canada, A. Throw the A in for Canada. And, uh, and what they told me was, you know, um, Richie had, a, had part of the group, and then I was going to take another group. I had some of the middle school boys. They were kind of rambunctious. Um, so there was about seven of us, to or you know, six of us with me. And uh, so they said, you know, Adam, um, and I'm not, I don't know if you'd look at me and, you you know, everybody has a few judgments, but you don't really look at me and go, all right, that guy's like a wilderness type of guy. You know, he could just, he could live out there for a while and he'd survive. He'd figure out, like, take take down some badgers with his bare hands, that type of thing. And they said, you know what, Adam, um, we're just going to give you these five kids. Um, you, here's the food. You just make your own food. You got to clean your water. Here's a little pill. You, you know, put it in there and all these things. And they kind of geared me up. And then they give you these giant backpacks full of stuff and your tents and everything all together. And they're like, all right, Adam, here's the deal. You take these canoes, you carry the canoes. If you, you know, if there's a spot where you can't canoe through, you just pick it up and kind of go through. But you just need this map. Just take this map, and uh, this is really all you need. So you just take this, and uh, they pointed to a spot, and they said, all right, we need you here tomorrow at about 4 o'clock. So I said, all right, um, I think, you know, if we, if we paddle all day long today, and these are middle schoolers, which, I mean, they weren't. I mean, you're about the same strength, I'll just say that. You know, I'm, I don't look like a big, strong guy either. So I was with these scrawny guys, and we started paddling across, across the lake, and the first uh, kind of part happened, and we got to the other side of the lake, and I realized that it was just kind of me. Uh, a couple of the canoes were spinning in circles at least a mile back. And then I got to, well, what do we do here? Do we, you know, wait? I'm, you know, in charge of these kids. I can't just leave them. I can't just, you know, expect them to get there. So I just kind of waited, and, a, a, and they weren't figuring it out. So pretty soon a boat comes up to the side of the canoe and hauls these kids all the way up to me. And they're like, dude, you got to put the weight in the back of the canoe. Figure it out, guys. And so we're like, all right, well, I think we got it now. Put the weight in the back. We just trekked on. So that it was a, a rough start to our adventure. We had all the all that stuff in the canoes and with these scrawny little uh, middle school boys, and we're trying to get to our our destination where we're going to meet up. And we got all the way to the side, and I'm I'm doing my best. I didn't realize that you need a a compass when you're out in the wilderness. Um, and it's like I said, it's beautiful. There's no roads, no nothing out there, and uh, no like Conoco. I can stop and sit. You know, rarely do you even see a person. Um, and sometimes you don't necessarily want to stop for every single person. You know, they kind of got the raccoon hat to the side. And like, ah, I'm going to let John Bunyan just hang out there. So I got to this point, and um, I was, you know, following the map. I was following the edge, and we'd seen this tree that looked like a moose. And we're like, wow, it's a tree. It looks like a moose. Wow, that's, that's cool. And we kind of kept going, and we got to the spot where uh, you do the portage, and then you get out and you carry all the stuff. And you'll have a giant backpack on your pack, and then you're holding a canoe. And uh, 
so we, we did this, and I started going, and I hit, and it's all like giant rocks, and I hit my ankle the wrong way, and I'm carrying this canoe by myself and a, like a 60-pound pack on my back, and I just totally just bit it with my ankle turned over, and I'm just feeling the pain up my leg. I'm trying to, and then I got thinking, well, what if I would have broke my leg and had to come back to float this? What would we have done? <laughs> yeah, I was kind of a weird thought. So we, you know, I kind of just tracked along, and my head hurts, and the kids are like, hey, hey, what, you know, shut up kind of thing. And, and, you know, there's only a few things I can do to quiet my bring that down. So we, we get going, and I finally get out. We're like, all right, come on, guys. I looked at the map. Here, this is the way we're going. And uh, it got, it was way harder um, this time. When I came, we had about a, I want to say about a 10, 10 to 12 mile an hour wind with us. And all of a sudden, we were going into the wind. And at the time, I really didn't think much of it. Just kept paddling and. Pretty soon we saw a tree that kind of looked like a moose. And <laughs> and at that point, you would think that would have clicked, you know. And I just kept, uh, I was like, guys, that ain't the tree. Here's the map. Look at it. We went down this portage. There's no way that that was the same tree. And they're like, this looks really familiar. I was like, no, it's just a little ways up. It wasn't really following the, the way the land looked on the map. I said, let's just keep going. And what ended up happening is we went four, about four miles, four to five miles canoeing into the wind the wrong direction. And by that time, we're just shot. I'm like, all right, we can't, we can't do this anymore. And I learned uh, something probably the hard way. The next day, we had to get up and, and do a whole lot of um, canoeing just to catch up to where we were. But I learned that the direction that you go determines your destination. The actual way you're headed is going to determine where you end up. And it's so true in life uh, because, honestly, we're all on a path here. We're all on a journey, and each one of us is heading somewhere. We're headed somewhere. And we all have different intentions. We have different hopes, dreams. We have different goals. We have beliefs, prayers. Some of us education, smartness that really isn't the thing that determines our destination. All those things maybe help us kind of like a compass point in the right direction, right? They give you some idea of where you want to go, but they're not the thing that actually leads you to your destination. It's the direction you go. It's the actual place you put your steps. You see, a lot of us end up, I think, in a place where we don't want to be. We wake up someday, and I don't, I don't know how we get there, but we get there. And then we got we start thinking, you know, if I just fix this problem, whatever, whatever we all have a problem, whatever the problem is, if I could just fix that. But a lot of times, it's not the problem that needs the fixing; it's a direction. You know, maybe it's just a it's a small turn to say, you know, I'm going this way, but I need to be going this way. That thing that was over there that was the problem, it. It just wasn't the right way. You see, every decision that we make, every choice, every single day, it's really a direction. It's a step. It's going somewhere. It's leading us somewhere. So the question this morning is this. I think it's a, a wonderful question. If you're taking notes, where are you headed? Where are you headed? 
Where are you going? Because when it, when you talk about a path, and I think we can all agree we're on a path and life's a journey, where are you going? Because it makes all the difference in the world knowing where you're going. Um, there's a proverb, and uh, the, the Bible has all kinds of different types of books, and the book of Proverbs is it's called a wisdom book. It's written as wisdom um, from this guy named Solomon, which was, he was supposed to be the wisest of all the people, and God gave him certain knowledge. Um, maybe you would say behind Jesus, he'd be the second wisest person to ever live. And he wrote this um, this proverb, 27.12. He said, the prudent see danger, and they take refuge. But the simple go on, and they suffer for it. The prudent see danger, and they take refuge. And the simple go on and suffer for it. Um, another uh, translation of this same verse says, they see what's on the horizon, and they react. But the prudent, or the, the simple don't look to the horizon. They just worry about what's here. And this idea of um, the prudent and the simple is a, is a uh, kind of a dual thing that's going on in the whole book of Proverbs. So I always talk about a prudent person and a simple person. Uh, a prudent would be a wise person, somebody who's well thought out. Uh, a simple person would be um, maybe not not necessarily that they're not trying to make a right decision. They're just kind of naive. There's a, a bunch of stuff that they don't know about in the decisions they're making. And as we, as we think of this, can you think of a, a path or a direction that you took? Maybe one that you didn't want to be. Maybe it was a small one, but it took you to a place where you're like, you know what, I don't want to be here. With these two types of people, the wise person, the prudent person, they realize that the decisions we're making, the decisions, they are all connected. Life is connected. The steps I take in a certain direction is connected to the place I'm ended up. But a wise per or a naive person doesn't think there's any connection. I can do this, this, and this, and it has no connection with tomorrow. You see, the wise people, the prudent people, look they look foolish in our world sometimes, right? They look foolish trying to do something that maybe not many people are doing, but they're trying to pick the right path, and they seem foolish, even fearful. I mean, I could think of a diff couple different examples. Um, maybe one is, is a, a relationship. Maybe it's it's with friends or um, I think of one thing is is uh, even dating. How people, you know, you, you're kind of getting ready. Dating is supposed to get you ready for marriage, but sometimes dating does something opposite. It doesn't really get you ready for marriage. And, and we have, uh, you guys know the stats. It's marriage is a, is a thing that's crumbling in our culture. But why is it? Why, I mean, when you think about what what is the thing behind the thing that, that is that. Simple people, for them, today is all that matters. They don't think about tomorrow. They make decisions now that they go, you know what, I'm not worried about tomorrow. I'm just worried about right now. But the wise realize that today, our choices, the decisions, the paths we take are creating our tomorrow. Uh, my wife, Lauren, she's awesome. And uh, one thing she does is she names everything. So um, a car has a name, 
teapot and everything there. Short and stout. No, just kidding. <laughs> I made that up. But she does. She names everything. So if you know her, it totally. To, to, no, we're good. We're good. She. If you know, if you know Lauren, she's got a name for everything. And uh, our we got this GPS from her mom and dad, and she named it Shirley. So our GPS is Shirley. That's just just for you. Um, so on GPSs, they can be super helpful and super annoying, right? You kind of punch in the thing, and it's it's kind of cool. And you're like, this is easy. I just drive, and it tells me take a left here, take a right here, go this way. And uh, no matter, I think the cool thing about a GPS is no matter where you're at, no matter where you're at, it can figure out the right way to get you where you want to go. I just think that's so cool. Except when you take like a little pit stop, you know, like, hey, I'm just trying to get some gas, trying to get a Snickers bar, and then we're on, on the road. And it's like recalculating, recalculating. You know, and some of them have that accent, and you forgot to turn the accent off. So it's got that dumb, ac- you know, English accent. Not against English people, sorry. Didn't mean to, wasn't going there. Just saying it was an English accent, and it's annoying in your ear at that point. And you're like, just shut up. All right, I know where I'm going. I was just taking a pit stop. And you see, I think a lot of us want a GPS, right? We just want to know where to go. Tell me where the turns are. I'm going to get there. No problem. I don't really want to pay attention that much. And I think um, I think if we're honest, the, the spirit and the way the spirit leads us is kind of like a GPS, right? It just tells you just what you need to know. Take this way. Take this way. Don't do that. Don't do this. Here. Take this turn. The GPS is the spirit in our lives, isn't it? And sometimes we're like, surely we don't want to hear it. And I'm not um, trying to put any guilt on anybody, but some of us end up, and I think it's just part of life, we end up on paths we don't want to be or a place that we're we're like, you know, if I could just get on the right track. And you're wondering, you know, and even with God, you're like, you know what, this is me. I've been, I'm over here. I have no idea. You know, I kind of have an idea where the path is, but I don't know how to get there. And I think the cool thing about a GPS is it can get you from that point back to where you need to be. And I think the Spirit has the exact same power to get us back on the right track, no matter where you're at today. But a lot of us want to go our own way. Don't we? Our choices, our past, they can they can a lot of times leave us with regret. Now, uh, this might be a stretch for some of you. Some of you are like, I'm not even 17 yet. But if you could go back to the age 17, what would you tell yourself? Actually, my dad's wearing a yellow shirt. Dad, stand up real quick. Let's just show that off. I drew a picture of my basketball team. You can check it out afterwards. But that's me with the finger up. You can barely see it, but that was me when I was 17. I'm like, if I could just go back 10 years to when, thanks, Dad. You were superb. You don't know what that did to his soul, just being able to stand up like that. <laughs> the Nighthawk, I appreciate that. So uh, if you could go back to when you were 17, some of you, that's a, that's a little bit of stretch. Some of you, you're like, whoa, that's freaky next subject. Let's talk about something else. What would you tell yourself? Which wisdom would you drop? Because you know what? 
what you would tell yourself, that's wisdom. It's, you know, here's, here's the paths I've seen. I've gone down this one. This is what I've learned. And that learning is wisdom. What would you tell yourself? I asked a, a guy, you know, what, what would you tell yourself? He said, you know, I, if I could go back, I would, I would look at things from a bigger perspective. Because a 17-year-old, the world only revolves around them. It's a, they just see themselves. They don't see something past. And he said, you know, if I could go back, I would just tell myself that it's not about me. It's about people around me. And, and if I could just catch that and just not live by knee-jerk reactions, except for when you're in front of a bus, it's a good time to get out and use a knee-jerk reaction. But what you would tell yourself is wisdom. So the next question is this. Would you have listened? Would you listen? And now you're like, all right, I was 17. I wouldn't have listened. Now place your age right now. The wisdom you've learned. Maybe it's from somebody older than you. Maybe it's somebody from younger than you. But whatever wisdom it is that you go, you know what, this is wise. Would you listen? Would you listen now? Are you still teachable? Because if you're still teachable, the spirit can still take you from wherever you are and bring you here the path you need to be on. Are you teachable? Are you green? Life is full of firsts. And uh, I think actually life is full of firsts because everything you do, you at least did it one time first, right? <laughs> it's first. But you got that day, maybe your parents dropped you off in kindergarten. It was all cute, right? And they were like, just don't leave. And then pretty soon they're like, leave. Get go to school, please, you know? At least that was me all the way up. Well, still kind of like me. Just kidding. You have your first date, your first kiss somewhere in there, your first semester away. Some of you are living that. Your first holiday back, your first maybe job somewhere in there, your first marriage, a loan, a credit card, a kid, a real job. A grandkid, retirement, a home. Every first is a direction. And it should actually, I mean, if if you haven't done something before and know nothing about it, it should freak you out, right? Most of us, uh, we just kind of like, oh, there we go. Got I'm off to college, you know. We, it should terrify us, right? We've never, we know nothing about that, but we have to make a decision on it. First are freaky. And you know what? I think we end up listening to somebody whenever there's a first. We always, you know, some of us ask, some of us just do it. Me, um, I kind of listen, you know, we, I think we listen to TV. I listen to my friends, my, you know, my friends who are my age, which they were doing first too. So um, let me, can I tell you about my first kiss? Is that all right? Is that, can we do that in church? That's awesome. All right. So um, I, was a six, I was 16. I was at my friend uh, Jenna's house. And uh, I was kind of hanging out with, there was a bunch of girls, and it was all my friend, her name wasn't Jenna. She wouldn't care if I told you her name. Her name's Missy. So I'm kind of sitting there with the friends, and Missy had left out to the garage, kind of on the other side of the house. And they're like, Adam, you should, you know, you really should go out to the garage because Missy's out there. You should go kiss her. I'm like, you got to act like you've, you know, done this before. I was like, I got it. Mean, like this is no problem. I've never kissed a girl before, so I kind of get out there and 
And sure enough, I opened the door, and she's just standing there, like, smiling, like, hey. And, and you're kind of like, oh, see ya. And, and you're like, should I just go for it? Or So, I, you know, I'm, I'm kind of looking back at the movies I've seen and how I've seen people kiss. And, you know, they always kind of have their arms out, right? You know, when you, you kind of put your arms out, and then it kind of slowly happens. So I was trying to do that. And I kind of put my arms out. When I put my arms out, she thought it was a hug. So I'm, you know, I'm kind of doing the little head tilt and the camera angle slowing, the music's kind of, and I'm thinking that, and she sees the hug, and she goes for the hug, so I'm kind of like, you know, and I feel really dumb because I'm hugging with my head tilted to the side, and I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to scrap this, so I turn, and then as I turn, she kind of read the turn, and then she turned and did a little half thing, and now her head's turned, I'm kind of to the side. So we just kind of looked at each other, pecked on the lips. I sprinted out of the garage. <laughs> I was 16. And I went out, and my friends were sitting in the car, and I went and, I went and told them all about it, which was a really dumb decision. Because <laughs> next day in school, and I've lived in a small town, so everybody's just laughing. Adam missed Missy. Adam missed Missy. Like, God, this is horrible. Uh, but it's true. We listen to somebody. We listen to somebody with everything we do. So maybe a good question is, who are you listening to? Who are you let affect the decisions? And even stuff you know nothing about first. We all have them. I watched uh, this movie. It's called To Save a Life. And it's, it's like a Christian movie, but it's awesome. You know, there's those Christian movies that you're just like, dude, that was rough. That makes us look really bad. And then there's ones that are like, all right. And then we were like, dude, you got to see this movie. It's awesome. It's a Christian movie, and it's cool. So this one's one of those cool ones. It's called To Save a Life. It's about a guy. He's kind of transitioning from high school to college, and then it really brings out really stuff that people are struggling with. And I just remember this, this mentor type guy, and he, he asked a simple question. I think it's, a, it's perfect for a, a New Year's Eve type of crowd. Uh, he said, what do you want your life to be about? And it was this perfect moment. He said, what do you want? your life to be about? And I think that's a great question for every one of us. What do you want your life to be about? Because if you're looking on your path and you're looking ahead, it's, it's really a head question. Look at the horizon. See what's out there. What do you want to do? What do you want your life to be about? Because it's going to help you know where to turn, where to go to, where to walk to. It'll help you choose your direction. Now some of us We've been around a while. And if we look back at our lives, I think we, if we're all honest, there's probably some things we'd do a little different, right? I think all of us can say, you know, I would do that just a little different. I would have done this. I wouldn't have said that. Wouldn't have reacted that way. Maybe some of us have some regrets. And you know what? Even regret can be a teaching thing. Because we can go, you know what? Maybe I didn't do that the best. But you learn something. And if you learn something, guess what that's called? Wisdom. You've got something to say. You've got something that somebody, maybe if, if you could just help them know, then they would maybe take a different path. It's called wisdom. You've been down a path that somebody, maybe you go, you know what? Don't go down that path. Maybe some of us would marry differently, spend differently, date differently, parent differently. I think all of us would in some small way, maybe live differently. And that difference is called wisdom. The question shows us what we've learned, and it helps us move forward in 
that journey. It helps us know how to get back. I, um, if I look at my journey, I thank God for just the people. I think, honestly, the, the number one thing I have in my life is just awesome people. I've got awesome relationships, awesome friends, people who are trying to point me. And constantly, even when I'm kind of wandering off, saying, Adam, like, here, like, oh, yeah. Someone who's been down the road and seen the path. How valuable. Somebody who's seen a road, a path, taken it, good or bad, made a mistake, uh, figured it out. You see, a lot of us, um, when we think of foolish, prudent, or simple people, we think, you know, like younger people, foolish. Older people, wise, right? You think that maturity has, and I think it does, maturity does have something to do with it because of paths, because they've been down some paths. They've seen other people down some paths. It's wisdom. Some of you have gray hair, and if that's you, put your hand like that because you have become wise. Actually, it seriously says that in the Bible, that uh, a crown of, of, of silver on top, it's, it's wisdom. You've lived long enough to see some stuff, and now you've acquired wisdom. You have something to give. That's more valuable than anything. See, uh, and I, I'm just going to call it the older generation. Can I do that? I'm not meaning anything, but I, I totally respect you, and this is why. The older generation, when they see the young generation, they're like, you know what? I can't relate. I can't relate. I don't get them. They got all these fancy things and crazy little deals that they're doing, and um, they got these Xboxes and Facebook stuff and music, and even when I go to a dance, I'm a DJ, so I see all kinds of dance, and people always come up to me and say, play some, uh, play some oldies, or, you know, like some people, like, see you just dancing, like, Gangnam Style, who, who, you know, <laughs> like, what is wrong with these kids, or party rockers in the house, you know what I mean, and then they're like, can't we just go back to little, you know, can we just do this for a while, right, or some of us are like, you know, like, ACDC comes on, and like, I just want to do something. I don't even know what it is, but it's kind of, it's got a groove. I haven't figured it out, but it's like, yeah, right? We all have this idea of what a music dance party, and I'm, my job is to figure that out and try to make everybody, you know, have a good time. Is that right? Is that right? Um, songs are just running through my head right now. Um, off that. Uh, but you know what? We think we can't relate because of that, computers, doodads, gidgets, gadgets, texting. But it's funny, on the, on the things that really matter, on the life stuff, on the direction stuff, you know everything that they need to know. I'm serious. Anything that's really serious, relationships, marriage, home, family stuff, um, bad things, you either know somebody who's on a path that you're like, don't go down that path. Or you're like, this is what, you know, I'm, I'm thinking extremes a little bit. But you know something, something where you're like, you know, it would be better. It's called wisdom. You have everything to give young people and to relate to them. And those things are going to be true in life, relationships. All those things are, are going to be steady. Maybe it's not all the new little gadgets and gadgets. But kids, I'm going to tell you this, to an older generation, I'm going to say, they need you. They need wisdom. They need somebody who's seen the path, who's walked down that way, good or bad. They want to. They need to see people who've done it in a good way, and they need to even see people who've screwed it up. People who you go, you know what? I wouldn't go. Uh, 
praise. Let's start praying for people. And when you have wisdom, there's something to give. Now, here's the fifth. Knowing when to join in. If you just tell them and you just drop wisdom on people, they'll go along with that. And they'll do it. It's finding that time when you can say something so minute that it can carry so much weight. And there is a time. Because people will listen, but there's there's a time to do it. Um, one of my favorite coaches, his name's John Wooden. He, uh, maybe you've heard of him. He is an awesome guy. He's an awesome Christian guy. And he, um, I learned this about him. He ta- had this thing called a, a seven-point creed, and he gave it to his son and to live by every day. And he said, you know, if I could just give my kids these seven things, and he wrote them out for them, and he he made like a nice little poster for them. He said. Be true to yourself. Be true. Make each day your masterpiece. I just, I love that. Like like each day is a clean slate, and you get to just paint something beautiful. Think about that with your words, with your actions, with the things you're about. It's a masterpiece. Paint it. Help others. I think that one's totally about seeing past yourself. Because when you see, when you're helping somebody, and when you see somebody in need, it, hel- it hel- totally helps you because you realize, ah, I'm so blessed. I got so much going on. Make friendship a fine art. Friendship is an art. And if you want friends, maybe you're today, you're like, you know what? I don't have a ton of friends. Maybe it's a, a baby step, a step that you need to take. You know, what can I be the type of person that people are going to want to be around? Next one, build a shelter against a rainy day. Now, I can't express this enough. I'm I, I, this weirds me out when I think about it, but every single one of us at some point isn't going to be here. It's just a true fact of life. It's, you know, I'm not trying to be weird. It's just life's short, and you don't know when the end is. And storms are coming in our lives, financially. I mean, every day you turn on the news, what's it about? The, what do we call it? Christopher Storm. What's going to happen? There's a rainy day, and it's coming. It's coming. We know it. And if it isn't that, it's going to be something else. How are you building shelter? And I, I don't mean just with money and things. How are you doing it spiritually? How are you going to prepare your heart? Uh, because those things matter. Pray for guidance. Give thanks for your blessings every day. I love that one. Giving thanks. Sometimes to be thankful is so hard. It's so hard to just realize that I've already been blessed. But when you realize that you've been blessed, you can bless so much easier. And the last one, drink deeply from good books, especially the Bible. Um, this sermon was all uh, part of a book that I read. Um, it, and it really, it's called The Principle of Attack. How do you get from a place where you are to the place you want to be? And I, it's, a, it's by this guy named Andy Stanley. He's a school pastor and it's an awesome book, uh, Principle of Attack. If you want to check it out, um, just say that. And especially the Bible. Um, I think it's cool. Um, Jesus actually talked about paths. He talked about a, a path that a ton of people take, and it's really nice and paved. And then he talked about a path that's, you know, kind of it's kind of wild. It's got some branches. It's overgrown. And few people decide to take that. And when I read that Robert Frost, I, I just kept having that picture in my you know, which path am I taking in my life? Which one, Is it the one where everybody's going or am I taking a different path? That I'm not, I'm 
building my path on wisdom. I think it's cool that Jesus says, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus says he's the way. And I, I don't think that's a statement on Christianity being better than every other religion, which a lot of times people will say, well, I don't believe in that because Jesus is the way, you know. I think Jesus is saying he's the way. If you want to find true life, and another part, he says, I come to give life, and I come to give it in its fullest. If you want full life, try Jesus out. Try him out. Try loving him. Try forgiving him. Try putting on, on grace and, and living that out. I don't think there's a better way to live. I don't think there's a better way of live than, than being given and given to that person. When I look at Jesus, I, don't, I, don't, I think of, a lot of it as him trying to show us Maybe some of us have lost our way a little bit. And maybe it's just trying to follow the way. Um, I'm going to tell you one last story and then send you out of here. I, um, every summer we take a, a group of kids to Camp Judson. And Camp Judson's out in the Black Hills. It literally is on the backside of Mount Rushmore. If you get to the top, you can actually see that. On Mount Rushmore, you'll see it. The faces face one way, and you can see the back of it, which is it's inappropriate is what it is. You can see, like, George Washington's butt, and Abe's is, you can only see one cheek of him. It's really weird. But uh, everybody wants to go to this this hike, and you get up at 3 o'clock. Thank you. A couple of you just smiling. You said butt cheek in church. Awesome. Um, so you get up at 3 a.m., and they told me, you know, Adam, you got to come to this Mount Baldy hike. Get on this hike. We're going we're gonna to get up crazy early. I'm like, jeez, 3 o'clock. All right, I'm going to try it. They're like, the sunrise is amazing. If you if you see it come up over the mountain, it is incredible. So I was like, all right, you know what, I'm going to try this. Got ready. They didn't tell me any details. They just said, come on the hike. I'm like, I'm there. Let's go. And I got there, and everybody's got sweatshirts, backpack with food. They got a flashlight. And this is like a big hike, real deal thing. And it is in a valley. It is pitch black. You can't see nothing. And I didn't have a flashlight. So I'm trying to follow the person in front of me's light. And, you know, kind of just going and walking. And I already got bad ankles. Let's be loaded. And I'm kind of dodging everybody and say, watch out, water. Who <laughs> said that like a minute ago? Like hitting roots, branches, like straight. Glad I got these spectacles, you know, protect my eyes, eyewear. And so I'm going, and I, I hit this root and twist my ankle. And the same kind of thing as before. My ankle just keeps coming apart. Excuse me. I got no light. This is horrible. I'm like, all right, toughen up. I've done this before, been here before. I'm going to just keep going. So I keep going, and I'm, I'm watching this ankle, and this, I haven't even got to the hard part yet. And I literally sprained my other ankle. Same thing, hit a root. So now I have two sprained ankles, and one of the leader guys comes back. He goes, Adam, what do you think you want to do? I'm like, well, I can't really walk. What should I do? And he's the leader of the trip, so he can't come back and, you know, what the kids want to all go, so, and I forgot this detail. They go, Adam, there's bobcats, so you got you got to stick together with the group. So they leave me by myself with a flashlight, two sprained ankles, and tell me to watch out for bobcats. <laughs> you know, I'm like picturing myself just beating the bobcat. <laughs> Guys, I got this bobcat. And uh, I went all the way back, and I got back and listened to this Debo Norman song that talked about praising the God of the mountains that I can't even climb. I felt like it was 
perfect. And the next year I came back, I'm like, you know what? I am going to, I got to see that sunrise. I got up at 3, and this time, you guys, I had a backpack full of food, so when I got to the top and was hungry, I could do it. I had a flashlight so I could see. And it was still hard because the bush was still there. The journey was still tough. The rocks were slimy. The water was still there. I think I still stepped in it with the flashlight, and I was done. But just kind of the way it is. But, guys, I cannot tell you enough the difference when you're on a journey, the difference light makes. And Jesus, when he tries to explain what he's like, he says, I'm like light. I'm the light of the world. If you're lost, if you're in a dark spot, and you need to find a way, if you need to find a way, light. Check it out. I didn't make that up. Psalm 119. Your word, God's word is a lamp unto our feet. It's a light to our path. Here's another one in Psalm 25.4. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your path. I pray today that that's my prayer. The question is, where are you headed? Because life's tough. I invite the worship team up, and uh, let's pray for us. Father, you promised to go with us. You promised to meet us right where we're at. And today, if we're honest, God, some of us, all of us, there's some ways, uh, spiritually, physically, decisions, that we've kind of lost our way. And we just need you to lighten our lives. We need that GPS, that spirit to just pull us back and almost kind of don't do it in a annoying way. <laughs> Help us to know where to go. Help us to know how to get there. And maybe better yet, just take us there. Help us today with a small decision, a small step to walk that much closer to you. Thanks for today and for just the many gifts that we've gift of life. And as we get ready for 2013, we ask that you do something in our hearts, in our hearts. Guide our steps. Show us your ways and help us to walk in them. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're willing, please stand as we sing.